This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Once again, it's time for the Idiots. Welcome back to a bonus episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. I was seeing, letting everyone else fill it in. My name is Will, and joining me as always is my friend and right co-host. Hey, this is going to be like a kid show. Ray, hey. how you doing? Howdy. Oh, and howdy. How's, how's things? Howdy sounds like a kid show thing too. Things mm-hmm. are just now the way they were yesterday. I'm having fun. Ah, yeah, fun. We like fun. I'm insisting that everything be fun. So, hey, today we are continuing our bonus episodes uh, um, as we continue to recap 1985's Misfits of Science. And last week we took a break from uh, cataloging, uh, recapping episode number four, and instead to take an opportunity to speak with an actor who appeared on every single episode but one, Ms. Diane Carey, who played Miss Nance. That was super cool. Yeah, she was fun to talk to. As I watch the episodes now, it's you know especially cool to see her in some of the scenes, you know. And she features prominently in episode four. We get to see quite a bit of Miss Nance in this episode. So let's get into it. This episode is called Lost Link, and we'll find out why. It's a clever pun in just a moment. Uh, it was, Of course, the show was created by James Perriott. This episode in particular was written by Mark Jones and directed by Christopher, I'm going to say, Leach. And it aired uh, November 1st, 1985. And here's a brief summary. When a seemingly primitive man arrives on their shores, the misfits try to help him complete a personal quest that involves the space shuttle. So we've got a primitive guy looking for the highest tech that we had at the time in 1985. This one, uh, this one was a little tougher for me because this guy doesn't say much. <laughs> right. Right. We're used to our special guest uh, characters talking. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he, he spoke, but it was, when he did speak, it was a language that was not known to anyone on the show. But they were able to communicate to some of them. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, but yeah, so sure enough, the episode opens. And I love the way all these episodes open. They are open. It really is kind of like a little movie, you know, and, and structured as such, where you've got like a really interesting thing to suck you in at the beginning. And this one, you see a, a, a primitive-looking man, you know, uh, because he's mostly naked except for wearing... What appears to be animal skin daisy dukes. Yeah. That, that, that's called a loincloth. Well, yeah, and later they say it's a loincloth, but I think it's a little more humble than that. But uh, it looks like there may be shorts made up. They probably were practically shorts, but they're you know, supposed to be a loincloth. Yeah. Um, anyway, he arrives uh, on, a, on a shore, an unknown shore, in also what looks like a primitive boat. And uh, so we're not really sure what time period we're looking at until a uh, a plane flies overhead, right? And he, he's, you know, shaking his fist at it. Seems like maybe, you know, scared or concerned about this plane. He falls asleep on the shore with a copy of what looks like, uh, it says, uh, World Geographic. So I guess maybe they didn't want to or couldn't get the rights for our National Geographic cover, but it's World Geographic. I don't know that we could see what it is on the cover just yet. But um, the next morning when he wakes up, a knockoff of David Lee Roth's cover of California Girls is playing. Pretty, pretty convincing knockoff, I think. And why? Because when the primitive man awakes, he's on the shores of California. How do we know? Well, you hear the song, you see bikini-clad women, and you see cops with sunglasses who, who quickly drag him away. And then for the first time, we see on the cover of the magazine is the space shuttle. And boom, we got the opening credits. That uh, interesting uh, intro that we've talked about a few times now. 
Back at the lab now, they've got this this man who they're referring to as Link, of course. You know, I'm sure they don't say it, but of course it's, you know, some sort of play on missing Link because he seems like a primitive man. And Hayes calls him as much. Uh, we see the usual uh, things that we see at the beginning of every, every episode. Ms. Nance is, uh, you know, trying to get them caught up on things they have missed. And we see an interesting, some interesting characters coming in and out that have special powers. Uh, this episode in particular includes a guy who is getting a radio transmission into his head and is blasting, what was it, uh, ACDC? Or it was some kind of, uh, was it Judas Priest? It was some rock song. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what song it was, but it was it was interesting. Yeah, as he tips his head around, he sort of gets a different signal, but that's, you know, again, uh, uh, sort of an, uh, our clue that there's, there's more misfits out there and they seem to find this uh, lab. So they're not sure what to do with what they say is a primitive man, so they go and see a scientist about it, and her name is Deanna, and they ask Deanna, do you think he's primitive? And she says, well, I'm judging by the way he looks, I think he's probably from the Philippines, and we know they have some, you know, indigenous tribes, etc., that, you know, don't necessarily get out very much. So in that sense, he's primitive. So what do they do? Where do they keep him, this quote-unquote primitive Philippine man? You, you put him in the tiger cage. Yeah, you put him in the zoo. I mean, what? what? Yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah, he goes all Tiger King because he's got uh, you know he's got the lions and uh, tigers surrounding him uh, in the zoo. And for the first time, we meet this character, Doctor Deanna, who points out that uh, Link has a totem, uh, and he, he seems to be interested in doing some of this thing with the, the totem. For the first time now, Hayes is not interested in pursuing a girl, and is instead encouraging L to pursue Deanna, telling him, "Hey, I think she likes you," and. Apparently there's a dance coming up. It sounds like a high school thing. You know, the dance is this weekend. You got to get a date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the plot twist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That L, L is uh, looking for a date instead of Billy. You know. Yeah. And this comes into play later. Billy says, you know, something to the effect of you only got one life to live. You've got to take chances. Uh, and that becomes important later on. So Billy tries to communicate with Link while he's there in the zoo Fails terribly. You know, Billy thinks he can rely on his charm, right? I mean, he, he gets away with it most of the time, especially with the ladies. Well, not no, not even with the ladies. <laughs> Who does he charm? Well, every episode gives one good speech, I guess. Yeah, he saves it up for that one speech. So, uh, unfortunately, when the guy doesn't speak any English, yeah. it's hard to sway him with your words. Yeah, and apparently he's not interested in, in Billy's good looks either. So, he tries to toss Billy off a waterfall. Or so. It's like a little ledge where water is pouring over it, sort of like a waterfall. Uh, he clubs him. He hits him with a club. And Billy gets this idea because he hears Link humming that, wait, we'll use the universal language of music to communicate with him. So who do they get? And I thought they could just have done this on their own, right? But no. One of the misfits is an expert in music. Cut two, they've got um, Johnny B is there now. And Johnny B, you know, with leather jacket and everything, is now trying to communicate using music. And uh, what does he choose to try to get through to Link? Land of a Thousand Dances. You know, they have a radio there that's playing it. And Johnny's sort of singing along. They're not really sing, uh, in sync, but... Either way, the jungle man uh, goes along with it. Yeah. And uh, apparently he's a music lover, so... Yeah. Works out good. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's almost like a 1980s a music video there, where now everybody in the zoo seems to be bopping along. Ella's, Billy's dancing. Someone in the background I notice of the zoo is dancing. Link is dancing now. Johnny's dancing, and so yeah, he gets through. In fact, Link winds up hugging Johnny. You know, sort of confirming the fact that he trusts Johnny and feels uh, he, he uh, feels friendly towards Johnny and not Billy. And throughout the whole episode, <laughs> yeah. Link will like everyone. 
except Billy. So th- they decide that, uh, you know, they, or they understand, because Link tries to explain what the, what, the, what the deal with the totem is, and they understand at least he wants to leave it. So, oh, sorry. So I said he, he's carrying a totem, but I didn't say what it is. It's like a little carving of a little person. It's a little carving of a person. And they, they gather from at least what he's saying, and he keeps repeating this word, Shonda, in the totem he re- refers to as uh, Kiwa, and he wants to put it with Shonda. And we don't know what Shonda is yet, but they decide they want to help him find Shonda. So they meet with, uh, it seems like Deanna's boss, right, is this Dr. Cormac, who's a real dick. I mean, we thought Richard was a jerk, Richard Stetmeyer, but this Cormac, well, man. Now, in fairness, how big of a dick could he be if he let them put a human being in the zoo? A pretty big dick, I think. If a guy, hey, look, th- th- what's the conversation? <laughs> Dr. Deanna comes to him, hey, hey, boss, yeah, we have this primitive man that I want to study. It, what is he? He looks like he's from the Philippines. Put him in the tiger cage. <laughs> that that sounds like, <laughs> I think, opposite of what maybe you're suggesting. It's kind of a jerk move. It sounds pretty accommodating to me. Uh, sounds borderline racist. Uh, I think they were the ones who said we want to put him in the tiger cage. And oh. he said, are you sure the Four Seasons wouldn't be nicer? Mm. They're like, no, no, no. This is where he lives. Yeah. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, and, he, and, and in Cormac's defense, he wasn't locked with any of the animals. We keep saying that. He had the wide open spaces of, you know, the fenced-in area apart from them. But Cormac's a jerk because he just gives them a hard time about uh, trying to help uh, Link. Ultimately, he says, if he gets assurances from Deanna that they won't lose Link, you know, they'll let him, uh, they'll, they'll let, he'll let them take Link out and see what, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out what this Shonda is. Well, my question would be at this point, why didn't they just, like, look up Philippines languages? Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that have been a lot quicker since they're scientists? Yeah, I thought they were, hmm, I feel like at one point they were trying to, oh, well, they did do some research because they did learn something about uh, the tribe. They were in the library at one point later. But you're right, none of the things they did seemed to be trying to figure out the words. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Maybe it was so primitive that it couldn't be known. I mean, it's a, or, or such a remote tribe, you know? Yeah, he knows what a space shuttle is. <laughs> he can almost say it even. But but you did. I, I put that in the list of those things. Like every week, it seems like things that are just not explained. I feel like there's scenes that are cut out or something every week. But uh, so they wind up at Gloria's fast food spot, the Burger Barn, because they seem to hold all their meetings there that are not in the office. Gloria brings them food, and when she brings them the change, Link tries to eat the money. Uh, come on, he's trying to chew on. He, he doesn't even try. He puts up. He puts a fistful of change in his mouth. And he just seems to consume it. Like, all right, come on. I know it's for a joke. It's like this fish out of water thing. But as soon as you try to bite down on a quarter, it wouldn't be a pleasant thing. And man's not dumb. He's lived He's lived this long. He crossed 8,000 miles from the Philippines. <laughs> in a dinghy. <laughs> yeah, in a dinghy. Carrying a, and he didn't lose that little doll he's been carrying around. Uh, and a magazine. I don't know how he got that magazine now. You're right. Huh. Missionaries, I guess. Maybe he's just primitive in his group of friends, you know? He's just... He's part of normal a Philippine culture, society, but he likes those Daisy Dukes. Maybe he was fully dressed till he got on the boat, and then crossing the 8,000 miles, he slowly started losing articles of clothing. And maybe Insanity. Insanity. And maybe he was speaking Tagalog, but they never bothered to look it up or ask any of the probably thousands of Philippine residents in the Los Angeles area that could help. <laughs> yes. You're right. You're right. Oh, man. I'm thinking less of our misfits now, but... So at the Burger Barn, Link starts drawing what Shunda is, and Shunda is this is a triangle, is essentially what he's drawing. And then we see Link spots 
a man out the window who has a jacket on with the space shuttle on the back of it, and Link is now banging on the window. And to get to the window, he climbs on some people's tables, and of course, you know, he knocks over some food and drinks, and the largest two men in the in the burger barn get up and want to fight. So there's a, there's a bit of a tussle. Uh, Johnny and Gloria do the things they usually do to help. Johnny electrocutes someone, and Gloria, you know... <laughs> <laughs> smacks him around. Smacks him around, you know, undoubtedly breaking some vertebrae. And while they're doing this, Link slips out and gets on the bus that he sees the space shuttle uh, jacket-wearing man get on. We see the bus is headed for Hollywood. So Deanna has not been good to her word because, to Cormac, because Link's, you know, has, has uh, slipped away. Cut to Hollywood, where tourists uh, on, you know, it's like the Walk of Fame. Uh, what is it called the Walk of Fame where the stars are? Walk of Fame, right? Thank Sounds you. right. Yeah. Uh, so they think in that area of Hollywood, you know, where the Grauman Chinese Theater was, and it's called something else, the Man's Chinese Theater or something, they think Link is some kind of star. Or Yeah, they're all getting pictures with him and but, stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, that's, that's what I do when I see somebody really strange. I want to get a picture with yeah, him. Yeah, of so. course. A guy who barely has any clothes on. Even before social distancing, I wouldn't want to get a picture with a guy in a loincloth yes. on the street. Mask or no mask, Yes. And there's this little montage, this little fish-out-of-water montage, which I guess is cute, but it's, you know, uh, hey, it's 80s, and it's fun, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, eating the coins earlier, some one of these tourists that gives up, takes a picture gives him like a dollar bill, which he now holds in his mouth for the rest of the scene. He sees a car wash, which he goes and climbs on a car so he can bathe in the car wash, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The misfits are on the trail, so they're now in the ice cream truck headed to Hollywood because they got a lead from a woman who said she saw a little man get on a bus. That's all they needed to hear. Couldn't anyone at the restaurant have told them that? Yeah, well, yes, and maybe sooner than like, you know, the 15-minute <laughs> head start that he got. That he got to go to the car wash and everything yeah. else. I mean, like At some point, yeah. they were like, uh, a waitress at the burger barn was like, oh, you were looking for the primitive dude. Oh, no, no, I saw him get on the bus. All this time. Yeah. We've been talking about it for 15 minutes now. This was interesting, right? They had this little brief Richard uh, Stetmeyer back at the offices of an exchange with Miss Nance because he's trying to track down the misfits because Cormac's looking for them because he hasn't heard back from them. They were due back, and he wants to make sure Link is safe. And behind Richard and Miss Nance, some of the lab <laughs> assistants are trying to do something. What did you think they were trying to do? I don't know, but the one guy's flying around in the background. Yeah, so you couldn't see the top of his body. Because it's cut off by the the screen or the doorway, but they had mm-hmm. a giant uh, like a bug spray. <laughs> so was he a fly? <laughs> was he a human fly, <laughs> or was a, a fly like attacking him? But yeah, you could just see his legs flying back and yeah. forth. I, I'm guessing a giant fly had a hold of him. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because <laughs> he seemed like he had a lab jacket on. You could see. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Of course, this episode would not be complete, at least while she's still on the show, without Jane making a questionably, uh, you know, legal uh, appearance. Where now <laughs> she's in a cop car, where she's called in some favors, and she's got cops uh, looking for um, Link without reporting it to their, you know, their uh, senior officer. So they're they're just driving around in the cruisers and communicating with other cops, trying to find Link without alerting the authorities officially. Um, right, and Gloria's nowhere to be found in that cop car. She's just off doing stuff with the other yeah, people. Right again, yes. Oh boy, the worst probation officer of in, in, in any uh, work of fiction. Um, maybe in reality, I don't know. You know. So Cormac calls the police now to report them as missing, and tells the police that they need to uh, find a little brown guy. Again, you know, that's. <laughs> Look, I'm not a racist, which is what the thing that racists usually say. But you know, I'm not. 
looking for a little brown guy in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, I'm not of, you know, tall stature myself. Any number of Latin folks live in that area. Well, whatever. Okay, it's fine. Link sees a space shuttle model in a store window. So what does he do? He goes inside and steals it. Technically, he didn't steal it because he just he just went in and got it. All right. Now I'm going to need your definition of stealing. Well, I'm guessing where he comes from. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Again. They don't have, they don't have stores. You are so clever. I, you know, look, I know you're clever. But then you see these things that are just like, why didn't I think of that? You're right. Part of theft is mens rea, that you actually have the intent to steal something. So if he didn't know he was stealing it, he couldn't be stealing it. Right. Oh, my goodness. I want you for my attorney if I ever get accused of crime. <laughs> that might not be your best move, but, but I can, I'll give it a go. Well, I can see, you know, though, easily you can come up with like those if the gloves don't fit kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> would be a, my... That'd be my thing. You'd I'd have just a, be sitting at home writing rhymes. Yeah, you'd have a dozen of those, like, right there, just off the top of your head, I know. All right, so, so yeah, Link, so, so Link takes this. You're right, he doesn't steal it. Um, but when he steals it, you know, uh, the, 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 the store manager is screaming in the street that this guy stole it, and the police now see him. They, they know that's the guy they're looking for, so a chase ensues. Link goes all parkour, hopping up a fire escape, and, and he gets pretty high up, a couple, maybe three, four stories up when the police are closing in on him. And the misfits arrive, of course, just as he's about to slip and fall. He drops the space shuttle model, which crashes to the ground. And then as he's falling off the fire escape, gratefully Gloria's there, who uses her powers to gently, like, feather fall him down. And once again, this looks like the actor climbing this thing very yeah. recklessly. Yes, I thought that too. And later on, when he climbed something else, later on. Yeah. Yeah, this is another scene where it's like, we're going to save a buck and the actor's going to climb this thing and just jump around on it yeah. and we'll hope for the best. I was like, slip link of five, see if he'll climb it himself. <laughs> if you keep the five bucks. Yeah, I th- at that point I was thinking, like like you said, either they just, you know, hey, here's a tenor, could you just do it, man? We just We need to get this done. Or did they just hire a stuntman to play Link, you know? I mean... The, the guy was great as the character, but he, like you said, he didn't have to talk a lot. Remote. Well, no, he does some great scenes uh, later when he does this in, in a, just a few minutes here where he does a, tells us a story without words. So, so the cops close in. Now that he's knocked unconscious, they're able to take him into custody, and he's back now with Comac. And uh, Comac and Richard are gaining up, ganging up on Billy and Deanna, who are furious. Comac wants to keep Link now to study him, and he's not going to let him out of his sight anymore. He even yells at Richard you know, to shut up because Richard's worried about the financial aspect of this whole debacle. Meanwhile, Johnny's hanging out with Link. You know, they're still uh, pretty tight. And Johnny's singing another song, uh, another golden oldie, uh, Do Wah Diddy, while Link is uh, meditating, it seems, you know, just repeating some uh, sounds. Yeah, with the dollar bill again. Yeah. And um, this is when Al and Deanna are in the library, not looking up language, not <clears throat> researching Tagalog or native uh, or tongues. or human rights or anything like that. <laughs> human rights uh, or the fact that he didn't steal anything. <laughs> the legal requirements of theft. Deanna here she compliments L on his work ethic, you know, and saying how. But she also notes, and L is flattered until she notes that one of the great things about him is he doesn't take chances, and this weighs heavily on L. Thinking back to what Billy had said to him about just taking a chance to ask her out, and he still can't get the courage to do it. So while they're at the library, Glow, Deanna, and L are working to understand what Link's goal is. They figure out that the doll, the totem, is uh, represents the soul of of someone. 
So then back at the zoo, Jane and Gloria are bringing magazines for Link. And Link is obsessed with Jane. He's really focusing on her. And remember, Jane's pregnant. So he starts touching her belly. And she's freaking out. You know, Billy, what is he doing? What is he doing? It's okay. It's all right. Let the strange native man in the Daisy Dukes touch your belly. Other people on Hollywood Walk of Fame were letting it, were touching them all over. And Link, it's at this point where um, he has that doll and he points, Kiwa, and he points to Jane's belly and says, Kiwa. And they, so they say, all right, we're starting to figure something out. Kiwa is a child. Maybe it was his child. And so uh, that's, this is when Link acts out this scene that I said, you know, this actor did a really good job. He acts out this scene, which is very emotional. And ultimately, the, the misfits determine that the story is, it seems to be that his child drowned and they couldn't recover the body. The body you know, went missing. So they weren't able to, you know, according to what they learned their customs were, the customs of his people would be in the library, uh, cremate the body. So he, as far as Link believes, his son never was able to go to his god. Um, and so Link, they understand, is, is, is trying to get the soul now in that doll to, god, to his god somehow. Um, when Billy realizes, wait a second, uh, show him this picture. He has Johnny show him a picture of the shuttle, and that's Shunda. So now we know he wants to get to that shuttle. Billy and Al try to convince Comac to let him go. Comac threatens to call the police. He says, absolutely not. So Richard, now Richard commits kidnapping and helps them uh, bind and gag Comac. Uh, because Richard says, I can relate to being a father with a child and going to great lengths to, you know, take care of them. And so I want to help this guy. And so now they've got Comac tied up in his underwear. And, and you still think he's the bad guy. Oh, I see. You're you're a pro Comac. You're team Comac. Well, he let that guy stay at the zoo. Yeah. Now they're kidnapping him yep. and mistreating him for being such a good guy about the whole thing all along. Mm, you're right. Wow. You're changing my mind about this whole episode now. Uh, so the misfits t- pile into the ice cream truck. At this moment, Elle tries to ask Deanna out, but she uh, she's so excited that they've got uh, Link freed to try to take him to the space shuttle that she j- throws her arms around Elle's <laughs> neck, presses his neck in the way he, he, he needs to in order to shrink, and so he shrinks. She didn't know he could do that, so she faints, and Johnny B has to catch her. Meanwhile, Richard calls the military base, where uh, Edwards Air Force Base, where the uh, shuttle is, and uh, tries to convince Major Lager to let the misfits in so that he can get something on the space shuttle. And Major Lager says, hey, if they come down here, we'll shoot them. We, we have order. I've given everybody orders to kill anyone on site. I don't care who it is, misfits or anybody. The misfits, I think it's on their radio or maybe it's some radio communications that uh, I notice they, they say something about Columbia Space Shuttle. Now, later on, they refer to the space shuttle as Discovery. But here they say Columbia. That might be a mistake. I don't remember off the top of my head what they said. Well, it's, it stood out to me because, you know, in the early 2000s, we lost Columbia. Uh, it was a tragic accident with Columbia. And this episode aired um, in, in uh, November of 85, which was just about five or six, no, it was about two months before we lost the Challenger. So those things were all heavy on my mind. Watching this, of course, you know, as kids in the 80s, those are things that, uh, that's still that Challenger, um, something that's, you know, in the forefront whenever I think about space shuttles. But so they climb into the ice cream truck and are headed to the uh, military base. Comac is now free, and he tells, because Richard is worried that the military is going to kill the misfits, so I guess Richard let him go? And Comac says, I, you, hey, don't worry, Richard. So now they're friends again. Richard says, don't worry, I called the, the highway patrol. They're going to pick them up, and they'll hold them till we get them. They're not going to get killed. So I, I was thinking, like, if I were that guy, Comac, and this Richard tied me up, no matter why he tied me up, as soon as I get out, I'm going to be like, 
I'm calling the police. Dude, you kidnapped me. I don't care about this dude and his soul, his kid or whatever it is. You, you kidnapped me, man. That's, that's, you know, that's a federal crime. That is a federal crime, but he's such a good dude. He lets it slide. Yeah, now I am Team Comac. You've won me over. So they arrive at the base, the misfits do, and Billy has a plan that he's going to put L in an envelope and have it delivered to Major Logger, you know, the guy who's uh, running this Air Force base, which they do. They get that far before the police now spot the ice cream truck and they take off in the ice cream truck with the police, you know, chasing after them. Link, meanwhile, isn't in the truck, but they don't realize that yet. And Link, like you said, the actor himself seems to scale a fence and... The copy of the show I'm looking at was pretty bad. You could see the bars where there should be at least four or so rows of barbed wire. It looks like, I couldn't tell if they took it off or not. But either way, it looks like this actor climbed up like 10 feet of fence and slid right through where that space would be underneath the barbed wire and then climbed down the other side in a very fluid motion. Yeah, I'm guessing that barbed wire wasn't up there because that would not be easy to do in a loincloth. We'll give you 40 bucks. Just, you know. Got to get up uh, there. Yeah. Uh, of course, if they were like, uh, you know, Johnny B climbed on that thing in that yeah. other episode. Did you see that? Yeah. Do you, don't you want to be cool too? Uh-huh. And he went, Kiwa, Shonda. Do, do you want to get paid at all? <laughs> yeah, so he did it. And he's uh, so he's on the Air Force Base. Now, during this car chase, you know, they play a knockoff version of The Heat Is On, which I, I associate entirely with uh, Beverly Hills Cop, which uh, came out, what, the year before. And then they finally realize Link is gone. So uh, Billy's telling, you know, uh, hey, let's just go to the base and talk to Major Logger. Johnny B's having a real blast driving around, eluding these cops. In fact, at one point he has, has Billy take the wheel so he can fire some lightning bolts at the, <laughs> at the military. Yeah. Crashes through the front gate. Soldiers are, you know, scrambled in jeeps now chasing after them. Johnny just drives straight at them firing lightning bolts. I mean, if this guy accidentally killed any cops, he'd be getting, you know, the death the death penalty. I don't know if they had that. Well, it was a mil- yeah, probably a federal crime. Yeah. Meanwhile, L has been delivered in the envelope to Logger's office, and now he, he, you see the off envelope wriggling around, and there's they panic inside the office when they see this happening. And then, uh, as as Johnny says, a seven foot black guy jumps out. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the eighties. So L L is able to, you know, L says, okay, hey, oh, so me, so Logger's about Logger is ordering again for them to shoot the intruders. And L breaks out of the envelope and says, don't shoot them. They're the misfits of science. Which I'm pretty sure everybody already knew since they're in an ice cream truck shooting yeah. lightning. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does seem to know them, right? Because, well, here's, the, you know, and I, this is the thing, because earlier Richard said, hey, the misfits are coming. And on a police radio, we heard them say to the police, look out for the misfits. They're in their ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. And the military guy said, I don't care if it's the misfits. We're going to shoot them. But now L is there, don't shoot them, it's the misfits of science, cut to the majors on the tarmac there with his soldiers telling them to stand down, don't shoot them, it's the misfits of science. But he earlier just said, I'm willing to kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they got a real disconnect with that problem of, they've already saved like an entire town three times now. Yeah, right. That area right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's, it hasn't been all over the TV in the episodes either, so... Yeah. That was another weird thing that was just kind of disjointed for me. Yeah. So uh, they say they're not going to kill them. They're just going to arrest them, and they're going to, you know, take Link into custody. And, hey, it's that time in the episode where Billy gives his speech, and he does. He gives a speech where he uh, 
says, um, well, a couple of things, but one of them, he tries to appeal emotionally to Lager, saying, you know, this man traveled 8,000 miles to deliver his child's soul to the space shuttle so he could, you know, go to his God. But he also says to Lager, hey, if you want, I could just have Johnny B electrocute you and Gloria make all your guns fly out of your hands. You want to do it that way? But he says it in a really nice way. But he is threatening a military officer with violence. Yeah, and they already are aware of what these guys can do, so... It's just, it's weird. It's a weird scene. Yep. It's, the military wouldn't just, I don't know. It's just a weird scene right there. Yeah. This this one's not their best moment. Yeah. You had to mix them up. I guess you have like, you know, three strong ones in a row. You're going to have to sort of have some in there that are not as compelling, maybe stretch the, our, you know, suspension of disbelief a, a little bit more. But the logger motions for the soldiers to stand down. They part revealing the shuttle in the distance. Uh, Link looks towards Johnny, who nods his approval, and Link finally hugs Billy, you know, because Billy made the impassioned speech that allow, is going to allow him, he understands, allow him to deliver the doll to the shuttle now. Correct, even though he speaks no English and has no, no idea what Billy actually said. <laughs> no, he could have said, you've got to get this foreigner out of our country. They're, you, they're, they're yeah. ruining it. Make yeah, America need, great again. You need to arrest this guy and get him out of here. Yeah. It's like that scene in Spies Like Us. Let's, this, he's threatening us. Let's get him. <laughs> so, you know, so, so Link w- walks off towards the shuttle. And uh, so, so um, you know, at some point later, I guess it's the weekend now, they're the, the, I guess this is the date and the dance. Uh, and they said that something about the dance, maybe just meant about dancing, because now sitting around a, a table at, at night outside somewhere, we've got L with his arm around Deanna. Uh, Billy's there with a date, a woman that we've never seen before, who has no lines, so she's essentially an extra. And they are listening onto the radio about the uh, or the news about the. Although maybe they're watching a TV because they do see some images about the shuttle Discovery uh, launching, and that the news has discovered what its secret cargo included, which was a number of Star Wars satellites and uh, an interesting carving. And they show a picture of Link's doll. And they also report that the Russians are criticizing the U.S. for using outer space voodoo. <laughs> yeah. And Gloria says, well, I hope Link can find his way home. And Johnny B. says, I think he already has cut to Link in his dinghy in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, they don't even help him get home or anything. <laughs> they could get him a plane ticket. But they don't know where he's from originally. They have no idea. But they just let him sail back off into the uh, ocean. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I hope he finds his way home. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he has already. Yeah. Cut to shark-infested waters is what they showed at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, this was a curious At, le- at least it was a full moon. Yes. And, you know, the one question I struggled with a lot through this episode was, is once they figured out what he wanted, couldn't they just pretend to do it? Like, even there on the base, you know, couldn't they just say, look, just give me the doll. I'll pretend I'm going to put on a space shuttle for him. Or we'll tell him it's going on the space shuttle. Yeah, this one didn't do it for me. Not a big fan of this episode. Anytime you get a character that doesn't speak English and has no subtitles for me to understand what he's saying, that's a, <laughs> that's a rough episode for me. <laughs> it, I, this is only slightly better than the, the, the Iceman yelling Amelia every time he talks, Amelia. which was annoying. Yeah, they, they, Those characters bother me. Give, give the guy some lines. Well, look, I still loved it. I still enjoy it. I love those characters. I love the feeling of it, that very 1980s feeling. Yeah, and uh, obviously the the fly scene was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Nance was great as always with her messages and, you know. Yes, and ignoring her work otherwise. Right. <laughs> well, no, and, she was on break. She was on break. And the, and the guy with the radio in his head. Yeah. 
you know, they're still clever there. I just think they dropped the ball with this one. Yeah. So I'm hoping for a bounce back in episode five. Right. So like, uh, like our what? Like our Facebook page or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Mostly Facebook. That's where we do a lot of chatting. That's where people are chiming in. Uh, rate our podcast. You can give it five stars. It could literally take you just seconds to do it. Um, it really helps us a lot because then other people are able to find our show. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a recap of episode number five. Uh, so you still got a chance to join us. There's plenty of episodes left. And if you haven't, just join us then. We practically took as long as it would be to watch the episode. And I don't think we left out any details. So you can just listen to us and you'll learn it. Or, you know, That's more fun to watch it though. Yeah, we're like the cliff notes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, cliff notes are usually shorter. Hey, and... I was saying cliff notes are shorter and less interesting. We're longer as long as, but a lot of fun. Yeah, we got that going for us. Yeah, all right. So, which hey, is nice. Yes. And if you don't know why he said that, people have already turned the podcast off at this point, right? They're not listening at this point. So, so we can say whatever we want at yeah. this point. Is anybody listening to this? Hey, if you're still listening to this, go to the Facebook page and, oh, hey, post where that quote comes from. How about that? Yeah, that's a good one. You don't have to put anything else. Just write that movie name on our Facebook wall, you know, our page, we'll know, we'll know you were listening this far. How about that? But there's plenty of episodes, if you are still listening, there's plenty of episodes to, to look, listen back on, including one about that movie and a bunch of other special interesting guests that we've talked to uh, recently. And that's it, I guess. Okay, right? Sure. And then you're supposed to say, hey, we'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. And then I say, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>